Support for MPB comes from the Mississippi Museum of Art in Jackson. What Became of Dr. Smith by artist Noah Satterstrom is on view now through September 22, 2024. Learn more at msmuseumart.org. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome to the Mississippi Arts Hour. I'm Malcolm White. I'm your host today on this Sunday afternoon. I hope everyone is enjoying their Sabbath and taking in a little bit of arts and culture on the side. I'm here in the studio with Kevin Farrell, our producer and our spiritual advisor, along with my very special guest today, Mr. Raphael Sims. Good afternoon. Welcome in, Rap. Thank you, Mal. Appreciate it. Good to have you. Now, Thanks. You, you are a uh, product of Grenada, I believe. Grenada, Mississippi, 100 miles, uh, give or take, from here. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Grew up there, born raised? Born and raised there, yep. And then you were off to Oxford? Uh, yeah, that was probably the first major stop, but, mm-hmm. you know. Which is not that far from home. No, no, 50 miles to the uh, to the northeast. And, and then uh, to Jackson from there? Or uh, to yeah, other stops? Uh, well, I actually uh, went in California, went to uh, Los Angeles and lived in Hollywood for a bit. Uh, then I guess the next long, long stop was Memphis mm-hmm. and uh, came here from Memphis. So from Oxford to Hollywood, yep. Hollywood to Memphis, Memphis yeah. to Jackson. Yeah. yeah. And uh, at, at Ole Miss, mm-hmm. were, you were a music major? No, not at all. Not at all. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a part of the illiterati of, <laughs> of uh, musicians, um, pretty much self-taught. And, uh, but I did uh, have uh, meet my mentor there, a guy named John McCauley, right. and he was— uh, uh, the director of the jazz band up there, and uh, I actually started gigging. Uh, he and Charlie Abraham had a band, and mm-hmm. uh, Charlie had also a college group at Ole Miss, and um, so I was in Charlie's group, and then I met John McCauley, and um, it, a circuitous route, I ended up years later playing in his jazz band at Ole Miss, mm-hmm. and we uh, we had a really uh, great band, and won a festival and, you know, things that you do in, in college jazz bands. And um, anyway, that was uh, really sort of the um, laboratory where I kind of started figuring out exactly what I was wanting to do musically and, you know, stylistically and stuff like that. Uh, of course, L.A. was crazy. Memphis was great. And, uh, and uh, this has been home base for a long time. If you would speak uh, just briefly about the different styles in these cities, so so there is an L.A. music scene, there is a Memphis music scene, and there's a Mississippi music Absolutely. scene. So speak a little bit about it. you. You may be one of the few people that know the inside of all of those scenes. Well, and actually, when I, when I went to Los Angeles, well before before that, uh, you know, we'll, we'll touch on my introductions to the music scene in Mississippi. Um, you know, of course, came up playing um, in rock bands in high school, and uh, sort of graduated from there to honky tonks. Right. And, Mo- moving yeah, on, yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. And um, and anyway, uh, when I got to Los Angeles, I was a young, you know, kid. Went out there, and um, that that place was starting to undergo some uh, musical changes at the time. Sort of the more 
the bands like Heart and you know groups like that were coming in. There was still a British influence, but it all kind of had that L.A. gloss to it. Mm-hmm. I know we played at a place called Gazzari's, which was uh, the uh, sort of the typical, I guess you would say, when you think of a big L.A. club. And, um, and you know, so that was pretty much a town where in small places people were trying to hammer out their thing. Uh, and then, you know, in other places it was mega cover, you know, right. stuff. Um, so were the bands you were in cover bands primarily? Well, yes. We, I was in a really different kind of band, though, as has always been my one, I guess. Um, we, we had a band that was founded by one of the guys that used to play with Iggy Pop in oh, Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and we had, um, and this was, this would have been about 76, I guess. And one, another thing that was kind of different about our band, we had two females in the mm-hmm. band at the time and, and, um, just great musicians, uh, all of them. And, w- you know, we, uh, we had a guy from Columbia, not Mississippi, right? It, it, yeah, our <laughs> drummer, our drummer. So it was just a, you know, and I can remember the first time we played at Gazari's. This was sort of the place everybody wanted to play, and we literally didn't have an assigned person for the microphone. And so, uh, you know, they we got to the club and it was packed, and there were three stages in there, and they're all kind of waiting for the big stage, and it was some some hair guys yeah. with you know the suits you know and all that but when they, we were um, doing our set um you know like, well who's gonna who's gonna talk who's gonna talk and he said well man you you, you do it you do it and i said no man I, i'm not doing it he said yeah man you you that you got a big voice you do it i said okay so anyway and i was like hey y'all how's everybody doing <laughs> and this guy the first thing that comes back this guy goes Shut up and play some music, Oki. <laughs> and it was explained to me, that, hey, I'm not from Oklahoma. It was explained to me if you had a drawl of any kind, you were assigned Oki status. I so, got you. Yeah. That was the L.A. Yeah. branding of the Okies. Memf- uh, but Memphis, uh, it, of course, when I got to Memphis, I'd been going there all my life. And you lived in Grenada. You were either a Memphis guy or a Jackson guy. Right. You, you know, one of them was 98 miles, one of them was 101 miles. So uh, I was a Memphis guy, and it was a, a, a thrill to be there. And I, I happened to just luck of the draw, I wound up playing with the finest players uh, up there, in my opinion, at the time, uh, Tom Leonardo and Steve Ross. And it, our my first gig there um, – a steady gig, we opened the first club to to reopen Beale Street, oh, the okay. official opening of Beale Street. It was called Number One Beale, and it's sitting right there on the river. and uh, And so that that was a good gig, and um, and then gigged a lot from there. Now, and was this jazz gig, blues gig, R and B? This was sort of quasi jazz. We did a, we did a lot of jazz when it was our turn, and then we brought. You know, entertainer guy. Right, there. the entertainer. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. So, you know. so it was a show band, and you could do whatever. Yeah, it was basically a jazz trio that could back a, uh, a cabaret singer, if mm-hmm. you will, right. but not not really cabaret, I guess. But it but it was number one Bill, and they were fully immersed in the fact that we're Bill Street. You know, right. you'd little go a little further up the street, and then it'd get a little uh, more 
rustic, you know. Right. Rum Boogie was sort of the other end of, uh-huh. uh, and New Daisy was about to become something, and right. you know that kind of thing. And uh, what other? I mean, what influences from Memphis can you actually sort of? Uh, oh well, I mean, remember the, it, it just, uh, you know, I'm maybe somewhat of a romantic, but I, it, it it it's a feel there. I mean, it it just permeates the air. Everything growing up, you know, that you heard on the radio, a lot of it was from there. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you know, you just knew walking around that there was, uh, you know, this is a special vibe here. And, uh, but, but anyway, it was a lot of fun. But what was interesting is when I got a call to come to Jackson, um, uh, actually I had another stop in Oxford. I lived in Oxford as well for about a year or oh in between memphis and jackson yeah yeah or maybe in between anyway (laughs) i lived in oxford again Uh and that's where i really got um was able to work on my jazz and sort of follow that muse you know and i had two jazz groups in oxford and uh believe it or not and uh well attended and, and we did one of them was a little more traditional the other one was uh uh, more experimental. We were getting into the Herbie Hancock type things and stuff like that. Um, and then I got the call to go to Memphis, went to Memphis. Then I got the call to come to Jackson. Mm. And uh, I got a call to come down here and play with a band called Sassy Jones, who I'd kind of grown up on, you know, I'd come to Jackson and hear them. And they were paying more money than I'd ever made playing music. So I came down here and... Uh, you know, it, when I got here, I started trying to look up the legends uh, from here because there was also on that same radio that played Detroit and Motown and Memphis Soul and all that, um, there were regional hits that were cut out of Jackson area, and um, and some of them went national, absolutely. Uh, things that were cut at the old Hilltop Theater in Clinton, for example, and I started looking for the Giants, and boy, did I find them. Jerry Puckett, who we work together every Sunday now. Um, Jerry Puckett and uh, Bob McCree was was a producer at the time. And, of course, you had Malico with Wolf and Tommy. And it's anyway, um, so when I got down here, I got a very similar, distinct feeling about Jackson and this place in Mississippi um, that – same type thing that had impacted me in those other places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you worked with Sassy Jones first, but then you sort of branched out from there. Yeah, I did. And also Jackson was sort of, uh, when I was later on trying to figure out, you know, don't want to hang around here or whatever. Uh, and I decided, you know, this is a great headquarters. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I met Vast High and, uh, Vast High and yeah, and we started going out and doing road things and went out with Katie Webster and went to all over the world doing that. Um, there was a, uh, band here that with Malin McAdams, Jimmy Jarrett, Dino Zimmerman, Ken Shaw, and we connected, uh, with some people that, uh, we went to Europe and did a, uh, uh, sort of a country rock thing over there. So there was a lot of action here. And mm-hmm. and at the time that, that I moved here, there was live music, and I'm no exaggeration here, seven nights a week. I mean, there was live music. You could absolutely go here. You could go to uh, hear Sassy Jones three nights a week. You could go to George Street and, you know, 
more than likely and more often than not, your Friday night band was going to be these days. Your Saturday night band was going to be the Tangents with uh, with some great Texas blues bands in the mix. So it was uh, really a, a wealth of, of diversity and uh, musical diversity uh, as well here in Jackson, and uh, probably more so than anywhere I'd been. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> when did you hook up with these days? Well, we tried to hook it up a couple of times. I was sort of a sub for these days. And uh, the uh, it, it, after we dis- came back from Europe and we disbanded the, the band, uh, the aforementioned band that played the country rock stuff, um, that seemed like a good time. And Sergio and Ron Wesley uh, called me one uh, gray Sunday afternoon and, and said, hey, man, you want to do this? And you want to, you know, kind of... Uh, book it and just seek what we can kind of do with it. And I, and I did. And, um, Ryan Wesley was another person that I really wanted to work with, uh, from the jazz standpoint, he's iconic and still is. He's probably my other, uh, great mentor. Um, and, um, Sergio was just such a, a character. And, and I can remember the first time I brought, and I'm doing quotation marks out there in radio land, the car <laughs> to Jackson uh, uh, from Grenada. This was early on, and I was coming into town, and I heard Sergio on the radio, and it was easy. Yeah, it was ZZQ, which they played the hippest stuff, you know, the Zeppelin and all that. But then Sergio plays a Gary Burton uh, jazz tune, and I almost ran Dad's car <laughs> off the road, and I went, "Yeah, uh, yeah, the, I'm I'm coming to Jackson, man. Right. Let's see what's up with down here." But anyway, yeah. So got with these days at that point, and still we, uh, it lives and breathes. How many years has that band <laughs> oh, been up and running? Well, we've been trying to have our, um, we've been trying to have our 40th anniversary for about four years now. <laughs> We're gonna uh, try to get get down and have it. Um, talk to Brandy and try to work something out uh, for 2020. I I was uh, thinking 2020's got to be it. Right. It, and it'll be uh, about the 44th or so. Now, when you joined these days, was Cassandra Wilson Cassandra had still been affiliated before with the, me. Before you. Uh, let's see. Jewel you, Bass was the, was the vocalist, right? Jewel Bass was the vocalist, and she had succeeded uh, uh, Ruth Wentland, yeah, who had gone Ruth. to New York. Right. And before Ruth was uh, Cindy Farr. So, yeah, so that's, we're going to have a lot of alumni at that thing. <laughs> yeah. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome back to the Mississippi Arts Hour. I'm Malcolm White. I'm your host on this Sunday afternoon. Welcome to Radio Land. In the studio with me, my good buddy and the great musician, bass player, Agent, promoter, band leader, Raphael Sims. All by necessity. <laughs> <laughs> so what was your first gig, Rap? I'm going to say officially my first gig was uh, a William Winter campaign rally back in the 60s. And I had a group uh, called the Vagabonds. Ooh, the Vagabonds. Yeah. And we went to the... Uh, the local newspaper editor's home, and they had a function in his driveway, a barbecue or something, and so we played. And there is a picture that I've been hunting for for years that we may have found um, where 
we have the band and we're in various degrees of psychedelia clothing, <laughs> 11 year old psychedelic uh, phase, I guess. And, uh, you know, with the birds glasses, oh, yeah, Roger yeah, McGrann, yeah, yeah, the whole mm-hmm. deal, uh, sort of a mashup, a Carnaby hat, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff. And, and, uh, God bless him. Finest man you'll ever know. Governor Winter right there in the, in the middle of us, just <laughs> shaking hands with us and, you know, just, uh, bless his heart, you know, uh, I don't know if he's ever been more surprised, uh, to see me than, uh, the time I looked him up and asked him, hey, man, are you kidding to Johnny and Edgar Winter? <laughs> <laughs> what did he say? His response was measured. But, yeah, he claimed it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we got a big show coming up uh, for, for, I don't know, what, what year for Wells Fest is this? Man. 30... I don't know. Man, that's all your fault. 37 now, so 30, Yeah, 30, I think 37. Yeah, yeah, uh, I believe so. It is It is known as Mississippi's oldest first music festival. Absolutely. Uh, 1983 was, yeah. I believe, was the year. I could be wrong. Maybe it was 84. I mean, I never can really do math in my head. But, uh, you know, I was trying to find a way to thank Keith Tonkle, the minister at Wells Church absolutely for marrying uh, Vivian and I in his church and uh, you know we were strangers to him but he took us in like we were family and uh, we had the wedding there my father after the wedding came up to me handed me a few bills and said go pay the preacher's son and yeah. I went over and I I thanked <laughs> Keith and I handed him the envelope to which he he rejected it and he said that uh, the church uh, uh, compensated him for for the Lord's work, and he required no extra m- money for for weddings or funerals or memorial services or wakes or anything else. But he appreciated it, but he he would not accept the money. So I took it back to my dad, and I said, "Well, Dad, the the preacher." Uh, re- refused the money, and he said, "Well, <laughs> you need to find a way to thank this man." Yeah, and so the rest of that is history. I and you were thinking bonus for honeymoon. <laughs> <laughs> well, right, that didn't work either. But anyway, I noticed uh, while we were there that there was a building fund, and so yeah. I went to see Keith a month or so later, and I said, "Look, my dad has, has sort of." Uh, uh, put it on me to do something for you, and I want to anyway. So I said, here are my skills and my talents, and I see you've got a building fund going on. How about we throw a festival, a fundraiser, and uh, make it a make it a fundraiser for, for the church? And he said yes, and off we went. And for many years, I booked the bands and did the production and kind of oversaw the festival. There was a great committee of people at Wells Church. And then later on, I turned to you and I said, here are threw the keys. Threw me the keys. <laughs> hey, man, threw the keys and said, can you uh, keep this running for a while? I'm like, yeah, I'll do it a couple of years. <laughs> How many years have yeah. you been doing it? I don't know, man. A long time. Right. Uh, yeah. In, in the in the decades. So describe Wells Fest to listeners who maybe have never attended. It takes place out on uh, Bo- in Boyle. Is that right? Boyle Park? It does. It on does. Lakeland uh, Drive, just past the Ag Museum. And I, as I've next come, to Smith Wills. I've come to find out so many people just if you just say Lakeland Park, they're there. But wow. it is a Jamie Fowler Boyle Park, and um, it's you know it's moved around. I think when uh, when you first got it rolling and we came and played for you. I believe it was uh, at 
at Riverside Park. Previous to that, I think at Millsaps. Yeah, once, the first one was at Millsaps on the soccer field. What is right, now the that's soccer right. field, just that's down right. the hill from the uh, observatory. That's right. And the reason we had at Millsaps because Millsaps is affiliated with the Methodist Church, and Keith had gone, Keith to, school had gone there. to school there. He had a relationship, yeah. so Millsaps hosted the first one. wasn't the greatest spot. And and then we moved, as you say, to Riverside, uh, Lakeland Park. Yeah. Whatever it's yeah, called. Yeah. And then on later down Man, the way was, there. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it, it's such a, a wonderful place. It's, it, it's just, uh, you couldn't draw it up in a Disney studio. Right. Any better of a spot for a festival that's shaded. Um, you know, we've experimented over the years with uh, – with different stage configurations and locations, and I think we finally got it down. We have a good crew, good sound crew, and everything. And uh, uh, we went to uh, many years ago. We went to a um, a continuous music stage where we added a stage, and we literally, uh, whether it's uh, Howard or whoever our MCs are, Malcolm White, maybe <laughs> uh, if we're lucky. Um, the, you know, as soon as they say, thank you, so-and-so, here's so-and-so, and that's been something a little bit different. But uh, And it's like one giant stage, but you have two bands that are set up on it at the same well, time yeah. so that they never— Yeah, it's, it's a, it, there's, a, uh, there's a PA system column on each end and then one in the middle that separates the two stages. Mm-hmm. But uh, as you were uh, alluding to earlier, it, it, it's, the, it's pretty much the— the uh, oldest, and I think it's very safe to say, the biggest uh, outdoor live jazz event that still to this day that's uh, that's been around. And uh, this year it's going to be on September twenty. It is eighth. It's always on the last Saturday of September. That's how I remember it. <laughs> and it, what time? Do you know much about the details of the time? I know you know when the music starts and stops. Yeah. The uh, the uh, the Jackson uh, Track Club has a race mm-hmm. preceding the uh, festival, and uh, I think this year they're going to uh, wind that up at the festival stage and do their awards and stuff. Right. And at that point, um, that that'll be when they'll, um, you know, the music will begin shortly after that. We have a pet parade, which is a favorite for everybody. Oh yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, after uh, those things, the music will start in earnest. Um, here in the uh, not quite the eleventh hour, but the tenth hour, we're uh, still making some tweaks on the schedule, and uh, but I can tell you, there's going to be a lot of really good music there, um, and we try to uh, feature favorites uh, that come back. For instance, Steve Chester's been with us for virtually everyone that I've been there for, and um, you know, but we have uh, we have the wide variety of music and. Uh, and the thing, Malcolm, you know this because you started the whole shooting match. The thing that's the singular most interesting aspect of this festival to me is it is one that musicians play for free. Right. And they don't ask questions. They call us and they want to play. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it, partially because it's affiliated with Wells Church, there's a... Um, there, there's a serenity to this festival along with the excitement. The excitement is always palpable, but you always feel safe and, and like it's a really great thing you can bring your kids to. And um, 
musicians want a piece of it, and so we uh, we're able to have a, a nice uh, offering every year of music. And Wells Fest is free, but it raises enormous amounts of money enormous through amounts. through all of its ancillary activities from the art night. Uh, which is, I think, the Thursday or Friday before Tuesday. The Tuesday, the Tuesday before, before the festival. It'll it's at uh, Banner uh, Dueling Hall. Dueling Hall, uh, and it raises a lot of money. And then there are all sorts of pony rides and face painting and food and plant sales and cakewalks and everything under the sun. T-shirt sales, uh, you know, alcohol, drug-free, family-oriented. But raises a huge amount of money every year for Absolutely. some worthy nonprofit social organization in and around Mississippi. And I think this year it's raising money for Robert St. John's Extra Table. Am I correct about yes, that? Sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, yeah. sir. And that is a uh, service that uh, tries to uh, provide food for all the food pantries right. uh, across the state. Uh, and has been very successful. And, of course, Robert St. John is a great friend and supporter of all things arts and culture. Uh, and, and I'm so happy to see that, that he's involved uh, in this, this affair this year. But Wells Fest is, uh, uh, you know, legendary. Yeah, it is absolutely now legendary. In Jackson, been around for yeah. a very long time. And can you talk a little bit about some of the musicians that you've had in the past, sort of, so the listeners can get a flavor of who might be out there? Yeah, and and I'll preface it by saying, bear in mind this that everyone performs this thing for free. Uh, we have had uh, we we've had. Our favorites from right here at home, as I mentioned, Steve Chester's been at virtually every one that I've since I've been there, and we've had, uh, uh, you know, the staple groups, you know, the the that are some of the ones that are still going make appearances there uh, these days. For instance, Jewel, for instance, uh, groups like that. Um, we have. Uh, I know Bill Ellison and Temperance yeah, and Jeff are Bill and Temperance are actually playing for the art night, so you get a little oh, bonus okay. there. I they're going to play for the art night, and they're going to play for the uh, uh, the festival itself. Mm-hmm. And as I mentioned, we're going to have uh, some uh, – this will be the, the first year that the uh, track club and the race will be coming to the stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we'll have some really fun music going by that time. But uh, they're just we, – we've had uh, Mac McAnally. Yeah, was there. Fred Noblock has come and done it. Fingers Taylor. Fingers Taylor. These are, you know, these are guys that, uh, uh, that are, you know, have tremendous obligations and 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 are recording and doing all kind of personal appearances overseas and everything. And they've all said yes, we'll come do Wells Fest. So. It's a it's a great thing. Vernon Brothers. At Vernon Brothers. The Pates. I'm Man. just trying to remember yeah, the Pates. We, the Pates. Yeah, family. the Pates. The uh, um, there's a there's a the tangents of course yeah. were a staple and uh, I don't think we can tell the Charlie Jacobs story <laughs> on, on over the over the public it. airways, but uh, <laughs> at two thirty two p a.m. this morning we'll have a special broadcast on a ham radio station that will tell that story but anyway. now, i think jesse robinson has played i mean jesse, everybody yeah everybody in this it's, town and surrounding area that's right has, has performed that. that's exactly Didn't you right. do a reunion of sassy jones or something like that one time Am yeah I we've done a, we've done a, a few of those but uh but yeah at, at everybody you can think of has been on it and the ones uh 
uh, that have been on it uh, have always call us back and say we'd be mm-hmm. glad to do it again. And then we have, you know, we're trying to uh, make sure that we include uh, some of the younger acts. And, you know, um, I don't know. I may be, as a, as a guy with the Jackson Mets, you say, I may be rounding, home, uh, rounding third and headed home, <laughs> you know, and looking for some keys to throw. But uh, but I will say that, that we get people that call and um, I wish we could use all of them. We're just, we have a wealth of uh, How talent. many acts do you typically, can you accommodate on a, a Wells Fest day? Depends on, on the circumstances uh, of the, at the moment. But I don't know, around 10 um, mm-hmm. or maybe more, maybe one or two less. So yeah. you do acoustic acts, bluegrass, acoustic jazz, acts, rock yeah. and roll. Blues. Blues. Uh, just yeah, a little bit of everything. Yeah. And it's yeah. free, and it's on Saturday, September the 28th. That's the, I think it's the 37th or 38th. Yeah, Wells so I was going to say, I, mean, I split the difference and say 36. <laughs> okay, right. good. Uh, and that's on uh, Boyle Park on Lakeland Drive, just past Smith Wills, the Ag Museum. Between you the fire station and the baseball stadium. And you can't miss it no, if you drive you out can't Lakeland. Miss it. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome back to the Mississippi Arts Hour. Malcolm White here in the studio with Kevin Farrell and Raphael Sims. Welcome back, Rap. Yes, sir. Glad to be here, Mal. So we talked a little bit about Wells Fest, which you've worked on for a long time. Yes, sir. It's coming up uh, Saturday the 28th, uh, September. And people can go to wellsfest.org or wellsfest.com and check on the uh, final schedule and and. Plus many other details. It'll be published just minutes It'll before be the before the show be goes hot live. off the press. <laughs> now you've been doing a, a, another little uh, uh, show on Tuesday nights down at uh, the local pub called right. Alamouse. That's and, right. Uh, t- tell us about Tuesday night jazz. Well, night. Tuesday night is uh, has been a really fun thing for me. Uh, I've wanted the opportunity to play more jazz in Jackson. And uh, I sort of have a little bit of a thing that I that I preach. Uh, you know, the blues is the alpha and the omega of music. There's no question about it. And uh, we have, uh, uh, you know, tremendous amount of attention toward the blues because of the great blues heritage. But we also have a jazz heritage that is remarkable here. Um, we have a guy that Billy Holiday uh, nicknamed him the president of jazz, Prez Lester Young from Woodville, Mississippi, in your neck of the woods uh-huh. down there. Uh, and, you know, he is the guy to me that is, is the, the way – the reason for the way that we listen to jazz now is solos. You know, he's the guy that instead of just sort of playing the melody of the tune and sort of a perfunctory solo, for me, he he's the guy that really um, expounded on it. And and you know, so he was a giant, and uh, he was such an elegant figure. Um, like I said, he he always dressed to the T and. Um, he was flying around on planes and going and doing gigs, you know, back in the day, day, day. And uh, and I just think that uh, it was really great. Ralph J. Gleason did a great book, and one of the things um, in that particular book, Heroes, was uh, it was mentioned that Billy had, had seen him and said, well, that's the president of jazz, the, <laughs> therefore press. But anyway, so it's it's things like that that I've, I've really been wanting to try to, to get jazz more in the forefront. 
And uh, I've told my friends, I said, well, we, yeah, man, we love that blues night, but we're, you know, we don't really, I don't know about jazz. I said, well, look, jazz is this blues that swings, okay? Mm. So give give it a try. And I went to to Brandy, and I said, Brandy, uh, what can I do? I'd love to do something here. And, you know, I've been meaning to for a long time. Didn't play in a lot of clubs for a long time. I said, but what can I do? And she said, early week, said Tuesday. And I said, what if we do a jazz night? And she said, let's try it and see. And so it's uh, we're in our second year and some change, about three months um, now. And uh, we have a – most Tuesdays are, are pretty full mm-hmm. in there in the bar restaurant area. And we uh, it's been great. It's And it features all the players. You have a sort of a standard group, and then you feature all sorts of other people yeah, that well, want to come Yeah, I started play. out using um, a bunch of different uh, musicians, and uh, we still bring uh, musicians in to sit in and things like that. But um, the the quartet I have now, it, it just worked. I, what I was looking for was an ensemble that, that I knew could play uh, somewhat authentically if for anybody that did show up. And what they're trying to do. So we, uh, you know, yeah, we've got a good group. Uh, Knight Bruce and Quintus Johnson, and who uh, played with Mose, right? As, and I, when I did, uh, and also uh, Todd Bobo, and then we have uh, uh, just a list of of great musicians that come in and and sit in and sing. Rhonda Richmond was in the other night. You know, Tiger comes by sometimes. We have uh, um, just on and on. I yeah. mean, it's a it's a great night. We every Tuesday time. night, every Tuesday, six to nine, six to nine, yeah. early show. Yeah, early show. Uh, you also produce, book, and and play on uh, the Township Jazz Festival uh, up in Ridgeland. And tell me, that's a has become quite a deal. Yeah, it, it what what that what happened on that is. Uh, it's it's good to uh, make yourself available to know younger people because what happened was uh, Trip Douglas, uh, M- Michael Barranco had helped t- to design that place, which did, he put a big red circle in the floor. And when I first went out there to meet Trip, Trip said, "I think I want to do some jazz, and I, I want you to come talk to me." And I said, "Went out." Now this is at the uh, Township Fusion Co- Coffee House. Fusion, sorry, yeah. I get the and name so, right. Township so, is the development. Yeah. Fusion is the business, right? Okay. And I and I said, uh, I, I said, yeah, man. I said, well, here's. He said, where do you think we could set up in here? So we, uh, I saw that red spot over there between the windows, and I said, well, don't you think clearly that's the jazz spot? <laughs> so that's kind of one of our things, and and we we for fifteen sixteen years now we've been bringing in one Sunday a month a jazz musician or musicians. We have an interview segment and a playing segment, and uh, and it's really been great. But the crowds have easily overwhelmed uh, the venue. So one day, Tripp and I were talking and said, you know, what about a festival? Dude, look at that big green space out there. Right. And so we started it, and we just had our 13th festival. And uh, we've had some some of the biggest names, you know, Benny Golson. And uh, uh, it's a small, cozy festival, and yeah. we, we like it. We like it like that, uh, you know. And we bring in some people, maybe that are not the, the flavor of the, right, or what. But you know, it's it's uh, 
it's it's a good experience. We high school bands come play. You bring up New Orleans jazz units. Yes, we do. We and do. my favorite is that you feature all these college jazz yeah, lab bands. That's right. right? That's which right. You used to play in. Yeah, and uh, and high school. Yeah, we try to we try to get that whenever we can. So it's a it's it, the festival has really been a, a great thing for. It's for, unique for and us, it's a know. little different. I like it a lot. And it's, thank you. When is it? Does it occur on sort of the we're, same? We do it in April. We mm-hmm. we've had to ch- change it a couple of times, and we're uh, we're we're hoping April. We think that's our our jam. And uh, again, Trip Douglas is uh, he's a young visionary business wise, and he is a true uh, bona fide jazz lover. I mean, that yeah. was I was so impressed with Trip when I met him, and uh, um, you know we've been working with uh, JSU and uh, different things. They've they've actually uh, uh, Anthony Dean has has actually uh, gotten with us down on the uh, at the jazz night at Howell Mouse, and and we've done some things. So it's you know I just am so happy that people are realizing that. Mississippi has a jazz heritage. You know? Now, another thing you do every year is you put together a group for the, the Governor's Arts Awards for the Mississippi Arts Commission. Absolutely. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. And tell us a little bit about about that group. And then you have to feature whoever uh, the recipients are. Yes. So you, you might be playing with with just a trio and you might be featuring. Many crossed fingers and toes under the, <laughs> that uh, big wooden sphere we play behind. Uh, but... Uh, Yes, we've been doing that for a while. Uh, you know, when I got the call <clears throat> to uh, to come do that, um, you know, I think uh, what you had s- suggested that you wanted was people from maybe from some different areas and different kinds and maybe a unique uh, combination of, of instruments, yet small in, for that small space and intimate. So anyway, we've, uh, we've had... Barry Leach has come. I've called Barry to come do it, and he's he's done a great job. And also Bill Perry from Oxford. Mm-hmm. And Bill is a uh, man. He is a singular talent. He's a different cat. His sense of humor, and he's an amazing musician. Yes, so, he is. Yeah, that's who's been doing it. Now you know when you were talking about the Tuesday night jazz night, I was reflecting on another. Uh, one of our enterprises that you and I collaborated on was the old Blurton Sims Big Band at, at George oh, Street boy. Monday nights yeah. Big Band. That's right. That's right. That that's another. Um, uh, you know, I mean, when I got down to Jackson and got settled in, I realized that the most fun that I ever had was probably was playing in John McCauley's Big Band. And uh, it was just just something about the whole dynamic of it, and, and and you know we were able to contemporize it a little bit, if that's a word. And uh, anyway, uh, so I, I said I got down here and I was thinking about it. That it'd be great to have a big band. I would love to be able to do that one more time in my life, you know. Right. And came to you, uh, the fixer came to you, <laughs> and. Uh, Next thing I know, we have access to the upstairs at George Street, and we did standing room only for 50 weeks the first year. And then some of our uh, associates slash advisors suggested we move it to a Wednesday night, and we had 42 weeks, <laughs> but it was still hanging in there. And then since it uh, sort of ran its course and, and you know, uh, 
how and mouths opened and and all that we've uh done occasional reunions at festivals and different things like that and i have to say that the um, key component in that thing was being a self-taught guy and, and a rhythm section guy you know i had to have exactly the right partner in this venture and it was danny blurton i was so blessed he's the greatest man he's a trumpet player arranger uh conductor and so uh it was uh you know, there, there it, were nights. It, it was great. It, correct me if I'm wrong. There were nights yeah. when there'd be 20 musicians on, on stage yes. in George Street Grocery. Absolutely. Raphael, thanks for coming in, man, and we appreciate it. And tell us where we might find you playing on a weekly basis around town. Well, I'll tell you, um, you can find me at my main most gig is every Sunday, the Jazz Brunch at Table 100 from 11 until 2. And I have the legendary Jerry Puckett playing with me and also Steve Kincaid, a fine saxophone player. And uh, then, of course, uh, the Jazz Night on Tuesdays and uh, and all that. You know, Bill Latham, uh, down, this is a little-known fact about him, but the owner of Table 100, along with Al, Al uh, Bill is a fine drummer. He was a Lions band uh, drummer in high wow. school. And so, like yourself, uh, I've been fortunate in Jackson to work with people who actually appreciate music and musicians. So, anyway. Man, we appreciate you coming in. Thanks. That about does it for the Arts Hour. We'll see you next Sunday, 5 p.m. on MPB Think Radio.